for another Vaughan boundary. <laughs> well, he's a great fieldsman, Philip Tuffner. He often falls over and he's brought it into his batting as well. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Vaughan and Tuffers Cricket Club podcast brought to you by The Telegraph. Mike, Phil and me, Ben Wright, with you once again, reflecting this time on a defeat for England in the second test against India, which levelled the series at one apiece. Despite the 106-run loss, there were plenty of positives for England and a sense that Brendan McCullum's side are still firmly in this series once it resumes. I'm delighted to say we'll be joined today by the cricket broadcaster Harsha Burgle, who is known in India as the voice of cricket. He'll be giving us his take on the series so far, the threat of England and the likelihood of seeing Virat Kohli return for the third test in Rajkot. Morning, Mike. Morning, Phil. Uh, good to see you back in the UK, Mike. So, defeat for England in Vizag. Um, but we should probably try and put what they were trying to do in context. They were chasing 399 to win in the fourth innings. No team has scored more than 387 runs in the fourth innings of a test in India. And no non-Indian side has ever scored more than 299 they didn't do it, but it never felt impossible. So, what does that say? Well, I, I think it was. I th- well, it, it, it shows that we've all been brainwashed that we think that this England side can do everything, <laughs> do anything at any stage, and break records and everything. I think it was crucial, actually, even though in a defeat. I mean, we still scored. What did we score? We still scored three hundred in the fourth innings. You know, we, you know, it was still a good total. Uh, just, just shy. We got three, two hundred ninety on. What was it? Two hundred ninety-two. Yeah, two nine two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think two hundred. Yeah. We bowled out for two nine two. So we came just short of yeah. the record scored by an overseas side yeah. in, a, in a fourth innings of a test. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it was crucial that England didn't just turn up there and sort of just fall apart and get rolled out for 100 that morning. I think it was crucial for the series going on. I think it set up the the uh, the, the series beautifully because I, I think they will still go away and they'll all be playing golf and sitting around the pool and um, having a nice relaxing time in, in Abu Dhabi, but they'll still take a lot of heart of what they did in that last innings. So I think that England can take a lot of positives away from that. Again, the way the spinners bowled, we got 20 wickets. We've bowled them out twice. Um, so there's lots of positives going on there. I think, you know, I think it's going to be crucial in the third test who wins the toss. So that's a bit out of everyone's control. But uh, yeah, plenty of positives for me from that test match for England. Just didn't get the big score. Someone's got to get a big score. Mm. Yeah. What do you think, Mike? Is, is baseball? It's obviously changing the England cricket team. Is it changing England cricket fans? Is it changing us? Is it turning us from pessimists into optimists? Yeah, I mean, uh, they're, uh, well, I've said it many times, they're the best team in the world to watch. You know, they're uh, an amazing cricket team that you wake up and you, you're expecting a little bit of madness, brilliance, uh, you know, kind of play that you kind of never seen before from an England Test Match team, from, from probably any Test Match team that's ever played the game. They're playing the game differently. And it's now been going on for 18 months. I was trying to think back. I don't think they've had a boring test. Under Ben Stokes and Baz, I'm trying to think back to 2022, 23, certainly there was no boring test matches. Um, Probably the most boring was at Old Trafford when it rained. And that was a a game where Zach Crawley got an amazing 100. Uh, Obviously, Johnny Berso got a few runs in the second innings. Um, But I kind of look at this team and they're just a great team to watch and the one thing I'll say is, you know, there's no Mohamed Shami so far. Virat Kohli is a real doubt for the rest of the series. You know, Jadeja looks like he won't play for the rest of the series. This is a great opportunity for England. Yeah. You know, and what I don't want to be talking about in three or four weeks' time is this England side are great to watch, but they haven't won. Yeah. You know, I think now is the time that they win a big series because they're certainly good enough. They've certainly got... A, enough in terms of skill levels to put this Indian team under pressure because this Indian team is vulnerable yeah. because they've got a lot of new players and it's not quite the Indian side of uh, two or three years ago. Um, but I don't see them doing it if they just bat one way. Yeah. You know, I just think they've got to find a method of, of of just being that little bit, not careful, but just play the, the, the percentages that little bit better. In the second test, the ball wasn't spinning. It wasn't yeah. spinning that much, so I didn't quite understand why they were taking so much risk against the spin in the second innings. You know, Bumrah 
maybe got into their heads. He bowled so well in the first innings with that six from maybe they thought, oh, we've got to get the spinners before Bumrah came on. Only they can answer that question. But if the ball's not spinning, they don't need to take as many risks. They just need to knock it around, bat for that longer uh, period. Um, Joe Root has to play the way that he can play. And we've seen him play many, many times in, in subcontinent conditions. But in terms of can they win this series? I honestly think they can and they'll never, ever get a better opportunity because England, uh, India have got all this change and all this kind of new kind of uh, player coming into the, the, the team. Um, but England have to take and, and grab the chance. They'll never get a better chance. And I just don't want to be on this podcast on March the 10th, whenever it finishes, going, oh, they've lost 3-2 or they've lost 4-1. Yeah. But it was great fun. And I really enjoyed watching them play because sport is about entertainment, but it's about winning. And so far, if you look back, they haven't won a major series yet. And this is the series that they can win. Yeah, um, a lot in what you just said. So let's break down some of it. Bumrah, for starters, unbelievable performance, incredible bowling in that first innings. He's now the first Indian pacer to top the ICC men's test bowling rankings. Um, why is he so good, Mike? Oh, I just think that release point is different to any uh, bowler that's ever played the game. I know they've done lots of kind of analysing on TV. The, the release point is about a yard and a half in front of most bowlers. So it, it clearly hits the batter that little bit harder. Uh, the skill levels of going in and out, the length, the immaculate length that he keeps on a consistent basis. Uh, he can bowl a sharp bouncer. Uh, I, I think he's the best bowler in the world. You know, if you said to me, right, you're picking a test team, who are you going to start with? I'm going Jasper Bumrah. I think in all conditions, whether it's a green top, a flat one, a dry one, uh, a bouncy pitch, a low pitch, I, I think he challenges more players than I see any other bowler in the world. So uh, not surprising that he had a massive impact. It wasn't surprising. Actually. When Jimmy got three for 45 off 25 in the first innings, he bowled. Remarkable. Brilliant from Jimmy Anderson. But when I saw that, I was actually sat in a, in a, in a pub in Coogee in Sydney. And I saw Jimmy get three for, and I sat with a pal. I went, ooh, Bumrah could be a handful. Yeah. Now, Jimmy's bowling 130, 132 kilometres an hour and getting three for 25. I thought, oh, wait a minute, Bumrah with a bit of extra pace, same kind of skill, he could be a problem. And uh, I guess it proved, proved to be the case, but oh, he's a brilliant bowler. If, he, if England miss him for the next test and he, he rests, England have to make that uh, opportunity count. Yeah. If he misses yeah. a test match, England have to win that game. So is that is that the chat? Is India going to rest him at some point? Well, the whisper is he may he may rest the next one. They'll certainly want him for the last one. Uh, so does he rest the the third and play four and five, or does he play third and rest fourth and then play the fifth? Yeah. Well, I, I, if I was injured, it's one one in the series. I'd be playing him in the next game. Yeah. 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 You want to hammer home your advantage, right? Yeah. yeah. Also, what England I think can take heart from that defeat really is that, that only two people, only two individuals won that game for India. And that was Jaswal with the bat and Bumrah with the ball. You know, if, if, if you take that 200, I know it sounds silly to sort of say it, but you take that 200 out of that first innings, India are bowled out having won the toss for about 250, you know. And so that, you know, usually when you play in India, you know, there's three fours and four fours. Everyone's getting two fours, three fours, four fours. Someone gets the big five four or something like that. And there's, you know, there's usually a couple of hundreds or 70 and something. So England could take a lot of heart that it was just sort of two people who really stood up for India in that game to win them that game. And, and also just another thing about Bumrah, what he does is, is his changes of pace. That ball that I think yeah. knocked every stump out the ground to Ollie Pope um, was his fastest delivery. Yeah. I mean, they used to say Andy Roberts had, you know, the daddy bouncer. He'd bowl you a couple of slow bouncers and all of a sudden a real quick one. When he goes for that Yorker, not only his release point, as Mike was saying, it's his real effort ball. It was about four, you know, three or four or five miles an hour quicker. And he bowls that lovely little cutter as well. Mm. And, you know, people driving and fishing for the ball. So um, he's, he's an all-round performer. And uh, I'm with Mike. I think if, if if they get the feeling that Boomer doesn't play in that third test match, I, th you know, and I think England will be absolutely loving it. I know Joe Root will be. The flip side, Phil, to what you're saying about two people delivering for uh, India in that test. It was true of England in the first test, right? So actually... You 
maybe maybe you just need to rely on a couple of people getting a couple of big score or um you know sort of delivering a massive bowling well, uh, effort who who for england is going to deliver the 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 big scores well zach Crawley, i think is looking confident is i think sometimes it's the best place to play Bumra up front. I mean, Mike would know better than me, but you know, yeah. get in there, the ball's mm. new and it's coming onto the back, get yourself off and running. I think they've had three or four, you know, opening partnerships of 50 plus. So we've always managed to get that start. It's just then when the sort of pressure comes on and, and uh, you know, the game starts to settle down a little bit, you've got to get those partnerships to go in. Partnerships of 40 and 50 and things like that are all great, but they don't really hurt you in India. You know, those big partnerships, someone get that big hundred. We've seen it down the order with Tom Hartley. You know, those partnerships, you can't yeah. get partnerships down the order. So let alone up front, don't then... When you're in, when when you're when you're on song and you're playing well and, and and you've wrestled the initiative away from the opposition, then sometimes just think about right, okay, you know, let's just have a breath here and make sure you know we've got a sixty or seventy partnership going here. Let's get to the hundred partnership, then go again. Let's get one twenty partnership. Let's get one thirty partnership. They're the things that kill you in Test match cricket. If you know as a bowling side and you're under the cosh. If you know that there's going to be a wicket just round the corner, it an half make you sort of like you know it keeps you going. But if you if if you're flattened out, it's difficult in India. It really is, and that's what I think England have just got to change a little. They haven't got to go into their shell, you know, and oh, that's the way I play, and we're all attacking and everything. Just sometimes realize those positions when you just take a breath and just really nail that partnership. Yeah. And if you if you wanted or if you were betting that someone was going to anchor the partnership, it would probably be Joe Root. We probably need to talk about um, how he's played. He's usually really effective on pitches like these, um, but he hasn't hasn't delivered yet in the first two tests. He obviously went full basketball in the second innings uh, and died by the sword. Um, we kind of want Joe to be Joe, don't we? Yeah, I mean, he, he, he's clearly struggling against Bumrah. And I get that because he's a wonderful bowler. And sometimes you have these confrontations, these bowlers that just have the wool over your eyes, just that that yeah. kind of period that you're playing against them. And Bummer's certainly got Joe's foot movement. He's not quite sure to get over to off stump, but he's wary of the LBW. So he stays leg side and he gets one to bounce and seam away and he, he nicks it with half a bat. Um, so he's in a bit of a you know, kind of precarious position about Bummer. But, you know, against spin, I just think he takes too many risks. You know, I just... Mm don't need to see him taking as many risks against the spinners. He's such a good player of spin. He's so calming, just driving it through the offside, you know, just kind of getting back right on his stumps to cut it or work it on the onside off the back foot. Uh, we know he sweeps the ball in front of square against the left arm spin. That period in Sri Lanka and India last time that he was there, he played left arm spinners as well as I've ever seen anybody from an England perspective. And it was from the crease, not dancing down. Um, I, I just think they've got to work on him in the next week or so to try and get him back to being Joe Root. Forget all the the noise around what the team is about and how exciting they play. And, you know, they are a wonderful team to watch. You know, I think this England side have got a great chance of being very, very successful and winning bigs and this series, by the way, if they can get Joe Root batting for a period of time. And he bats yeah. for a period of time, just playing the Joe way. You know, the firecrackers and <laughs> the madmen around him, they can do whatever they want, but if he's that kind of rock at one end, they will get big scores. He will get hundreds, and England will be very, very uh, successful. I just think, you know, I keep this is a massive opportunity for this team. This India team are there for the taking. They really are. Do not miss the opportunity because, you know, the Ashes last year was an opportunity. They missed out. They didn't win it. You know, they're now under pressure to win the next Ashes down under, which we all know how difficult it is to win in Australia. But I do think they'll have a chance because... You know, this England side will be playing, you know, this style of cricket is probably the way to play against Australia. And Australia, they might have two or three players that are a little bit over the hill. So yeah. I do think they've got a great chance of doing something special in Australia in, in two years' time. But this is a, a, a chance to win a series in India. It really is a great opportunity. I just think they've just got to play the gears that little bit better with the bat in hand. They can't just be so aggressive all the time because even on a flat wicket, they'll end up getting out cheaply or not getting the, the par score or the big score because all the sweeps, the tricks, dancing down, 
these spinners aren't, they're not daft, the Indian spinners, Phil, are they? They'll see that and they'll just take the pace off or they'll push it a bit yeah. wide or buy one in and they'll know that eventually a mistake will come from an England player. Um, I would all I'd say to them, don't, don't in three or four weeks' time just sit there and go, but that's the way we play. Yeah. And only play one way. I, I don't think you win in India by playing just one way. I think you've got to go up and down in the gears. Well, it's also the, the old adage about what would the opposition least like to see. And you would imagine they would least like to see Root holding an end, knocking the ones and the twos, and whoever he's batting with going berserk. That would be the thing that would, as an mm. Indian bowler, drive them berserk, you would have thought. Um, and that, that we haven't quite got that combination right yet. No, and they'll be they'll be they'll be going away and just tweaking it a little bit. I think baseball evolves for every sort of series that you're in. I mean, we've seen Ben Stokes. You know, I don't know what happened with his run out. By the way, he, he was he was sort of a bit. With his run, he was sort of dawdling a little bit. And Phil, Phil, I tell, I tell you what happened with it. Do you know what happened with his run out? He forgot to run. Yeah, he did. <laughs> he seemed to, didn't he? I, I think that. This is an unsettled side. No Coley in that middle order, which just then gives all the other batters around him that sort of, you know, you know, Virat turns up and all the other batters all sort of gravitate to him. You know, mm. and he's a leader with the bat in his hand, so he's not going to be there. You know, there's no Shammy who's turned into an absolute world-beater with the ball as well. Bumrah might be resting. This Indian side at the moment is just a little bit disjointed, so much so that they're relying on a 22-year-old with the bat up the top. So if he then just sort of like drops off and form a little bit, you know, there's no danger. Ashwin looks like he's just feeling for it a little bit. Even he's been rocked a bit by the yeah. of England side. and the yeah. Rohit Sharma hasn't got a score, has he? You know, he looks a little bit vulnerable. So Mike's right. This India team is just a little bit vulnerable at the moment. They're not settled. They feel a little... A little bit under pressure. I was amazed at the, some of the responses. I know, Mike, when you played the Aussies in 205, when they got the draw, they got the draw at Old Trafford. You turned around and said, look, boys, you know what I mean? This is, a, this is Australia getting a draw. Well, we needed we needed that huge score in the in the fourth innings and the reactions from them when they got that wicket at Crawley, the reactions of them when they ran Ben Stokes out, they were jumping for joy. India sides with 400 on the board in the fourth and it's just cruise around, just going, I'll just get out. You know what I mean? But they, they knew that. They were, and I think also, what was it? Shudman Gill, at the end of the day, said that England had got, a, what was it, a 70-30% chance, didn't they? They said they got a 30% chance of knocking this off. So there is a mindset in there that has just, just got them off a kilter a little bit. Hmm. Yeah, there for the taking, maybe. Uh, Spinner's impressed again, Phil. What did you make of Bashir on debut? Yes, bowled well. Again, you know, tough play. Sometimes, but sometimes, you know, it might just be good to rock up in India as a as a as a debutant. You know, <laughs> sometimes it could be because yeah. you, you're just fresh. I mean, like Alistair Cook went over and got his hundred, didn't he? Got off a plane, went out there, and just knocked off hundred. Well, sometimes it might be good. Listen. The, the ball is turning. The pitches are in your favour. That is good thing. Everyone sort of has always sort of says, "Oh well, the pressure's on because it's spinning." Listen, I'd rather the pressure on with the ball be spinning than it be a flat belter. Simple as that. So it, it, you know, you just need, and I think this is where Ben Stokes and the, and the backroom staff and everyone has given them such a belief in that dressing room that I don't think it really matters whether you're a debutant or not, you know, you don't feel that pressure. You, yeah. you know, just go out there and bowl. And I think he did brilliantly. Tall, jams it in, doesn't bowl a lot of bad balls. I thought he did really well. Can, can we once and for all just say in this era of the game, all the talk of, you know, the preparation and the lack of games leading into it, it's all absolute garbage now. <laughs> Yeah. It's all the old school. We oh, they haven't played enough cricket, and the, you know they've they've not been in India playing three or four matches. It doesn't matter with this era of the game because they play that much cricket, and because the the training facilities away from you know the playing uh, kind of game day uh, facilities are so good that they can just rock up and play. That that's just the the modern era. Yeah. Uh, so I thought I'd just make that point that all these people say, oh, they went to Abu Dhabi, bloody hell, what they, what were they doing there? It's 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 absolute nonsense because. This generation, they play 12 months of the year. They're pretty much on the treadmill. And even a debutant like Bashir, he'd have been bowling that much. It's Somerset back in 
Um, probably the, the county ground down in Somerset leading into the tour. Then he goes to Abu Dhabi. Obviously, had his visa issues. He goes home. Um, they get that much cricket and that much really good practice away from game day in terms yeah. of the scenarios that they create. All the coaches do a wonderful job in creating great scenarios. Uh, the, the old schoolers will be killing me for saying it, but yeah. these players don't need the preparations like like, like, like the old days. Yeah. What will be a test? And I think Ray and Army's bowled nicely as well. He, he always he had a, he, he's bowled nice. Bowled, bowled a lot more consistently, Mike, hasn't he? He's put it in areas you can set fields to him. When you know just beforehand, you know the leggy young leggy. Always got a couple of bad balls in him. I think he's done a good job for the skipper as well. Where the test will come is this next test match, Rajkot. It's meant to be a flat pitch, meant to be a good pitch, one of those places where you need to win the toss. If England lose that toss and there isn't that little bit of turn towards, you know, halfway through the first day or that odd one keeping low and the odd one bouncing, if it's a belter, that is where the test will come for the spin bowlers because then if you do get into some partnership with the likes of I don't know, Sherisire and, and Rohit Sharma, and they start getting on top of you and it's flat, that's when you're going to have to earn your money. The, the one that, that's why I'd play two seamers because if it is flat, you know, we've seen it in India that the new ball does swing. So you can get a couple with the new ball. And then later on, when it gets around 30, it starts to reverse swing. So if you've got two seamers going from either end, you know, you can still restrict an Indian batting line that is vulnerable. If the ball does anything laterally, you know, I'm only talking two or three inches. If you can get the ball just moving just slightly through the air with a bit of reverse or conventional with the new ball, I, I just think they're vulnerable. Yeah. You know, Shubman really got a, a really good 100, but I still think that if Jimmy Anderson's on and around that four stump when he first goes out there and he gets a little bit of nibble away, Oh, get ready in the slip cord. And I just think all the Indian players, the outside edge is there to be got if there's any lateral movement. Right, so I'm very chuffed to say that we're joined today by ace commentator Harsha Bogle. Harsha, thank you so much for taking the time to join us. Uh, how have you enjoyed the series so far? And how would you uh, characterise the contest between these two sides? I, I absolutely enjoyed it simply because you, you don't know what's coming at you next. I mean, th th there was a time when you're chasing 399 to win a game. You've got lots of time and you don't come and start reverse sweeping straight away. And as, as a result, everyone's on the edge of their seats. I mean, Ollie Pope, it's 196 and he's got what, 50, 60 runs reverse sweeping or, or conventional sweeping. I don't know what's conventional anymore. So it's, it's just... Uh, it's, it's very enticing. And I was talking to Ben Stokes at the presentation afterwards saying, you've got three spinners. Between them have played six test matches. And he, he, yeah. he, he produced performances out of them. I, I, I think it's been a wonderful series. What's the general buzz in India? Can you give us a taste of how the fans are feeling about this? Look, everyone wants to watch the test series. When it's England or when it's Australia, it's different. I don't know what the viewership numbers are, but what they've done very cleverly is... They've opened a few stands for school children. They, they come in their uniforms, which actually makes them look better. But I remember when I was a school kid and I went to see an international game, it wasn't a test match. I've got memories of that even today. So I, I think the fact that they can get introduced to test cricket, in our countries, test cricket is still not in strife. That's in other parts of the world. But I think if they can get introduced to, to test cricket, to the idea of... Um, ebbs and flows in a game that you could be down for three days and win a test match on the fourth. There's, it, it's lovely to uh, it's lovely for them. And I think we're getting decent wickets. It's, it's not like when England came last time. Uh, Harsha, you mentioned the England spinners. They've, they've got more wickets than the Indian spinners. Are the Indian spinners under a bit of pressure in their own backyard? <laughs> I was waiting for you to ask that. Maybe, <laughs> maybe Bumrah's taking the wickets too early. Uh, I, I think... <laughs> In, 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 the, in the first innings, it was that Bumrah spell, especially in the second test, which was a flat deck. It was that Bumrah spell that turned everything. I thought Ashwin showed signs of coming back to his best on the last morning when, when he took those, or previously the, the third evening and the fourth morning when he took those three wickets. For India to win at home, Ashwin and Jadeja have to do well. Bumrah's the big, big colossal bonus for India. No Jadeja, so Ashwin's got to come to the, come to the party. Yeah, um, Maybe India don't play spin as well as they used to. <laughs> I can look at Michael Greening. I think that's his, that's his take as well. 
<laughs> yeah, how are you, Harsha? Um, I, I, well, in, India are good players of spin, no question, but I, I, I've been staggered of how well uh, England's young spinners have bowled and the control that they've had. Um, you know, I don't think they've, they've had they've had periods where the Indian players have got them a little bit, particularly Yassi Sweet Jaiswal in that first test match, but um, I don't think they've been got, which is surprising. I mean, Phil, I'll take you back to the early 90s when England arrived there with a few spinners and you, you were got a few times, weren't you, by Vinod Kambley, um, Navjot. Yeah. Navjot got hold of John Embry. <laughs> he, he hit him out of many grounds. And these Indian players don't seem to be getting, like really getting on top of the uh, England spinners, which is a great kind of testimony to the way that they bowl, but also the captaincy of Ben Stokes. The way that he captains spin is... You know, as good as I've seen from an England captain. No, absolutely. And it gives you so much confidence. Uh, you know, I was sort of shouting at the telly in that first test match. Of what's he doing giving Tom Hartley the new ball? And did he keep him on for too long? And all this, burned all his um, referrals. And I think it was in the first 13 overs. But I think it stood him in good stead for later on. And he sort of like got that confidence behind him. And now he just feels that he can do anything. But you're talking about the Indian batters there, Mike, as well. Um, what they did to us and what they have done is partnerships, long partnerships. They didn't give you a sniff. Um, and apart from Jaswal, who's got those big scores, none of the other top Indian batters have really, you know, they've got 20s and 30s, but then there's always been a chance or they've done something a bit rash or, or a good ball's managed to get them out. The partnerships just seemed to go on for days when I was over there. And you, they never gave you a chance. So I think that the Indian spinners have applied pressure. And as you say, Ben Stokes has captained them beautifully. But I think they've bowled really, really well. And I think the Indian batters are that middle order. I think it is a is it an Indian team that is in slightly transition there, Harsha, in that middle it's, order? I mean, I looked at some numbers. I think before the last Test match, Rohit Sharma had played 25 Test matches in India. And the entire top six, so the remaining top five between them had played 23. So it is because I, I think the first test was the first one since 2012 when neither Rahane nor Pujara nor, uh, nor Kohli were playing. So yes, there are, there are younger players. These are players, toughers who play with great freedom in domestic cricket. I mean, we were just discussing the other day, if Shoaib Bashir was playing for Madhya Pradesh, and Shreyas Iyer was playing for Mumbai in a Ranji Trophy match. Would the comp contest be the same? I don't think so. Because Shreyas Iyer would be looking to hit him into the stands every over. But it's, it's the way that Stokes has, has created the aura. It's the way that a lot of them are still searching for their places. They're not sure. They're a little worried. They're a little under pressure. And they've got reputations. A reputation, I think, is a terrible thing to have because you're now thinking, oops, I've got something to protect. The one player who doesn't yet have a reputation is, is Jaiswal. So I, I get the feeling that maybe they're a bit under pressure. But what about, Michael, what about that wicket of Shreyas Iyer that, that Stokes literally conjured out? Brought mid-off in, brought mid-on in, set the field a certain way. And with his new knees, with his new knees, he, he got to the ball he'd never have got to before. <laughs> I, I, I want whatever tablets Ben Stokes has got. I want them because my knees are knackered. <laughs> yeah, he was right below us. We were in the commentary box. And I said, there's no way he's getting to the ball. And he just kept going. He was, he, he was running behind it like a teenager. It was a fabulous catch. Sometimes I think the television cameras come so close. They don't tell you how good a catch it was. What, what I think this um, England team are doing and, and have done now for 18 months is they remind me of Tyson Fury. <laughs> in in terms of heavyweight boxing, they they talk and they do things that are kind of psyching the opposition out. Yeah, you know the way that they play is very aggressive. The way that I mean, Jimmy Anderson did a press conference. I think it was on the third evening. He said, "Oh, Baz McCullum said last night we're chasing six hundred. We'll be going for them." I'm like, "You can't get six <laughs> hundred. I mean, they didn't get three hundred ninety nine, but it's the way that they're coming out to speak. It's very." Um, intrinsic of that dressing room, which is all positivity. Everything around the dressing room is positive. There's no negative chat. And then they're coming out and playing in this fashion. The one thing I will say, and I think we've all got to be very, very careful, that this England side, I, I think, are the best team in the world to watch. Number one, I think they're the most exciting test team in my time playing and watching cricket. This test team, the one that I get up and go, I can't wait to watch them. 
But fundamentally, we've got to be very, very truthful as well. They've won nothing. So last year, they won nothing. They drew away to New Zealand. They should have won that second test match. They didn't enforce the follow-on. What did they lose by a run? They didn't win the Ashes. They're now 1-1 with three to play in India, the hardest place to go and win a series. They've got a great chance of doing so. If they win in India, fantastic. But we've got to be very, very careful that just because they're incredibly exciting to watch and we're all on the edge of our seats, as you mentioned, Harsha, I mean, it's just flamboyant cricket. At times, it's mad cricket, chaos, bonkers. But it's brilliant to watch. But fundamentally, from an England perspective, it's 1-1. And the reason why it's 1-1 is because one of the greatest test innings of all time by Oli Pope. Yeah. The rest of the batting lineup, we have to be honest, there's a, there's a, there's a lot of papering over the cracks from the England perspective. You mentioned India, they've got some concerns as well. But this England batting lineup, if they think they're going to win the ne- next three test matches by playing this fifth gear in your Ferrari early kind of approach, they're not going to win. They've got to take a leaf out of what they do in the field. I actually watch Ben in the field and they go up and down in the gears. They attack at times and then they go on the defensive at times. Then they put Jimmy Anderson on, go men in front of the ball like you have to do in India. You know, backs to the wall, ball for dots, ball for maidens. They have to try and take that leaf when they bat as well. You can't just play in one one gear in India when you bat, which is at the minute. Great, love it, very excited. It makes me laugh at times. But it isn't going to win them the series. I don't think England win the series by just batting in one gear. I think they're going to have to learn the gears and go up and down in them, like they do in the field. And if they can do, and they can learn from the first two games in terms of, you know, the ultra aggressive approach. Yeah. You know, yes, it's uh, it, it's it's been fun, but I just don't see them winning playing just that one way. They're, they're walk, Mike. They're walking out like Clint Eastwood, aren't they? They're, they're, they're walking out like sort of going to a going going to a gunfight. Clint Eastwood is ninety. <laughs> 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 but I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. I don't know if television is bringing these images, but uh, Michael used the word bonkers. He's entirely used it, but flair, flamboyance. You see that on the ground. I, I don't think there's three or four balls. That, that pass without Stokes moving the field. And I don't know, honestly, if he's moving the field because he thinks he can get a better out or whether he's moving the field to create this illusion that he's about to do something. And I think illusions work in sport. I shouldn't be saying that when you've got a good captain on the podcast. But illusions create wickets, don't they? I mean, how many wickets did Warney get out of, out of creating illusions? As if he was going to bowl something and he bowled the same ball. Mm-hmm. And I sometimes think that he plays to the insecurity in the opposition camp by saying, ah, here I am, here I am. And the opposition thinks, oops, what's he going to do next? But also he's playing to the slight weaknesses. Ashwin's 37, there's there's no Jadeja around. The reserve bowling with Bumrah, the support cast for Bumrah hasn't been great. There's no Shami. Hopefully Rahul comes back. We don't know about Virat Kohli. So he realizes there's insecurity in the opposition and it requires a bold person to play to that. Um, Harsha, we obviously mentioned Jaiswal. How much excitement is there about this young player? I mean, he's only 22, third youngest Indian to hit a double ton. Um, and that innings obviously was the, the difference between the two sides in this test. You will have seen his career progress. Uh, how good could he be? I mean, we saw him play for Rajasthan Royals and he was opening with Joss Butler. And sometimes when you're opening with Joss Butler, you're actually waiting till Butler finishes what he has to do. But there were occasions when... They are 40 for no loss and Jaiswal's 33-34. And we said, can he, can he play long innings like that? But slowly, as he started playing for Mumbai, as he started playing the Dulip Trophy, he got a double in the Irani Trophy. He got a double and a single in the same game. We said, maybe he's got the ability to play long innings. And that is what we wanted to see. Can he sustain that over a period of time? So far in the short career he has, you mentioned Vinod Kamli earlier. He did two, but for a very short while. So we'd, we'd like to wait and see uh, how, how he goes. I think he's the one person who's enjoying seeing spin coming at him with the new ball. <laughs> well, left-hander as well. Mike, I think that mm. does well. He's sort of the new breed of test cricketer now, though, isn't he? You know, he's got, plays all the formats. And, and he, mm. he, it was just such a um, a free, as you say, Harsha, just such a free sort of spirited. I'm just going to go out there and enjoy playing Test cricket. I'm going to come down and whack people over the top. It was it was a joy to watch, but I think he's that new kind of cricketer that is coming through, especially at the top of the order. 
Oh, I, I think he's the next one. He's the next superstar of the game. I just think he's got everything. You know, I think he's got the swagger. You look at his upbringing, uh, where he's come from. Uh, he scored 100 in the under-19 semi-final against Pakistan in 2018-19 when he came onto the scene. There was a young player yesterday, actually, Harsh, who got yeah. 96 for India in the under-19 yeah, semi called Sachin Das. He will come through as well. He's, he's, he's the next one. Uh, but Jaiswal is uh, oh, he's a, he's a delight. He's a, it's a pure joy to watch play, that high back lift, the foot movement, fast on his feet, knows where the boundaries are. When he dances down and, and hits a six, he very much reminds me of when yeah. Sarav Ganguly used to hit sixes off spinners, just makes it look so, so easy. Um, England have to find a way of keeping him quiet because, you know, if you look at the, the two test matches, England had a player that got 196 in the first game, they won. Uh, India find a player that gets a double in the second test they won. And it looks to me like whoever can find players that can get big hundreds. When England have won in India, you go back to 2012, Peterson big hundreds, Alistair Cook big hundreds. You know, Joe Root with a double century in the first test on the last tour. They have to find players who can get 150 pluses yeah. individually. And which team find those players will win this series. I think Zach Crawley is that person. He's batting beautifully, Michael. He is... I asked Ben Stokes at the, at the post-match, I said, look how Root batted, look how Stokes, look how um, uh, Crawley batted. Because Crawley is scoring at 60-65, and yet you get the feeling there's a boundary around the corner. He's picking his balls, the balls to hit. Joe Root, maybe he was unwell. Maybe he was unwell, maybe he had a fever, I don't know. But he, he played like someone who didn't look like Joe Root. I can understand Pop Pope doing that. But Crawley is, I mean, talking purely from an English perspective, Crawley is looking so good that he really shouldn't be. Those 70s are coming easily. Yeah, you, meant, you mentioned Crawley, Harsh. Yeah, obviously, a little bit of um, controversy is probably not the right word, but uh, we, the three of us were just talking about his LBW decision in the second innings. Uh, Stokes thought the technology got it wrong. Presumably, there's not a lot of sympathy for that theory in India. Look, you, when you won the test, it doesn't matter. I think these things <laughs> come up when you've lost the test. Yes. But when we saw it, when we saw it first time, we said, ah, it's going down lakeside. They're wasting a review. It always seems that way when you look at the first time because the spin vision cameras are right behind the ball. And the first replay that you get is from a camera that's either to the left or the right. So if it's to the left, it gives, it gives you that angle. It gives you the impression it's going away. But even then, it, it pitched on the edge. And it, it probably straightened a little bit. Well, it didn't pitch right on the edge, but it straightened a little bit. That was one of the balls that turned the least. And maybe it was because it was quicker. I, I don't know. But I, I, I will tell you that, uh, that the Indian camp were very happy yeah. with the way that went. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, we were a little critical of Rohit Sharma's captaincy last week. Do you, do you think he's getting to grips with Baz Ball? Because it, obviously the style in which England pay, plays, it poses a different set of questions for skippers, doesn't it? I think, I think the most outspoken is the person who on my screen is next to you. <laughs> I think he was very outspoken about, about Rohit's captaincy. I think we got the impression from the ground that in England were desperately trying to save the test match and then got into a position where they could win it. Well, they don't try to save it, but they were in that situation. And the game drifted a little bit. It, it just drifted a little bit and you got the feeling England were controlling the game even though they were behind. Sometimes you look at the scoreboard and you look at the field and the two have to tell the same story. And the story that the scoreboard was telling was different from the story that our eyes were telling us. And I think that's the point Michael was referring to when he was critical of Rohit. Yeah, I, I think uh, I, I listened to a um, an interview that Ben Stokes gave after the second test match and, and he was talking about Basball and I think he said something like, if a stranger walks into the ground, he never knows who's in front of the game or who's winning the game. That's what Basball is about. And uh, I found that very interesting and I think that's exactly what happened in the first test match. I think that Rowan was starting to scratch his head going, hold on a minute, you know what I mean? We should be all over these guys. And they're, it, it, it's yeah. just at the Are we winning? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Hold on a minute. We're the ones that are winning here. You know what I mean? It freaks you out a bit, I think. It turns your brain. But I think that's a good way of, of the Ben Stokes mm -hmm. summed it up for me. Because, as you say, especially in India, I mean, 
I, I can't believe I woke up on that final day going, you know, well, on that fourth day going, I'll tell you something, we might knock these off. I'm going, oh, we're 400 in the fourth innings in India. What the hell is going on? But I still was up at four o'clock with my cup of tea going, well, if we get a good start and then he gets a couple, we might do this. But, um, you know, it wasn't the boot. But that, but Phil, that that that's what they've done in the in the in the space of eighteen months by the the language that they use and the way that they talk and the way that they're playing. They ultimately believe, whether it is absolutely believe that they could win and chase three hundred nine, and the message that they're sending is that they can, which gets yeah. us all on the edge of our seats. Going, well, it could be possible. You just don't know. Ben Stokes has played three or four of the greatest innings of all time. Could he play one more innings? You know, Ollie Pope's just played yeah. innings. That was un- unbelievable. Can he do it again in the second? So when they're chasing three ninety nine, the one thing I'll say is I-, I thought they played the spinners in the second test like they played in the first test. And in the first test, when the ball was ragging, I get it. Be aggressive because there was always a ball with your name on it. I actually thought the second test, England played too aggressively against the spin. The, the ball wasn't spinning that much. And they could have just sat and played a little bit more orthodox. And the bowler that I thought and it's not easy, because I think he's the best bowler in the world, is Jasper Bumrah. I thought they could have taken more risks against him to try and put him off his length, because he was the real danger in the second test match. And this is the one thing I'll say about England, is that on a flat wicket, when it's just spinning a little, I still think they're going to find a way of getting out because of the way that they play. They play ultra risky. And I think Ashwin, Axa, Kuldi... I think they'll find a way and they'll find enough good balls and they don't have to over-attack with the fields because they know England are going to play plenty of shots. Now, if they get on a, a pitch in the third game that's not spinning as much or like the first test, can England work the, their methods a little bit differently and just play a little bit more sensibly? And particularly, I think now this era of, of this management group, this is their ultimate test. Can they get Joe Root in the next week to be Joe Root? Just. Can yeah, they get Joe it. Root to look back at the last 10 years of his play and bat the way that Joe Root batted the last time he was in India, the last time he was in Sri Lanka, he got 100-100 double century by just playing the Joe Root way. Which, by the way, the Joe Root way for me, is he doesn't leave his crease. He got stumped for the first time at Edgebaston last year in his test career because he doesn't leave his crease because he doesn't need to because he used the depth of his crease in brilliantly because he picks up length better than anybody that I've ever seen play for England. And he gets right forward to the full-length deliveries and he works it with his hands. And he's got those sweep shots, which we know he plays so well. When he's dancing down, and I saw him dance down a couple of times in the second test, in the second half, going, nah, that's not Joe Root. That's not the way that he's playing. So the bad ball management, if they can suddenly get Joe Root in a room in the next, next week, say, Joe, we want you to just be Joe Root. Yeah. Forget all the nonsense around. Forget all the noise. Forget everyone talking about basketball. Forget all the other players who are going to try and play basketball. We need you to be the calming influence just playing the Joe Root way. Yeah. If they can get him playing the Joe Root way, he can get big hundreds. He can be that kind of rock, that glue, and England can get big, big scores. If he carries on playing the risky way, I think India will be absolutely delighted. He's got to find a way to uh, score runs of Bumrah, though. Bumrah keeps getting him out all the time. But it's interesting what Stokes said at the post-match presentation. He said, we let people play the way that comes naturally to them and we give them the freedom to play that way. And so the freedom, if you're giving Joe Root the freedom to play that way, he should be going back to what is best for him. So we'll wait and see. But it won't turn very much in Rajkot, Michael. Rajkot is a beautiful surface. It won't turn very much there. You get a good, good pitch in, uh, in Rajkot. And as always in India, you can practice your cover drive. You can practice your drifters. Practice the toss. <laughs> Asha, what sort of um, teams are we going to see for the for the next three tests? Um, do we know if Virat Kohli's coming back? Um, is Bumrah going to be playing in all of the tests? Uh, any news on Jadeja's injury? Look, the thing with Bumrah is, I, I, I don't think Jadeja will play too much more. They're talking of maybe the fifth test match. But I think the fact that Kuldeep has come in, that affects the batting. Jareja, I think, affects the batting more than the bowling if Kuldeep is coming in. But they chose to go in with the bowler and, and, and I can understand that. But with, with, with Virat, we don't know. With Bumrah, they've got to manage him because immediately after the series is, is the IPL, is, is the T20 World Cup. That is when he'll get a bit of a break. But he's got five test matches at home before they go to Australia and they want him to be absolutely fit when they go to Australia. 
So they've got to manage him well. I think the question was, do they rest him for the third or rest him for the fourth? Because they'll want him back for the fifth, no doubt at all. In Dharamshala, they'll want, they'll want Bumrah bowling well. By the way, two days before the Ranji Trophy match started, it was snowing in Dharamshala. Really? So even in early March, it'll still be cold. Look at look at Phil thinking, does it snow in India? It does. Up in the north in the hills, it snows in India. And I think it was colder in Dharamshala than it was in England a, a couple of days ago. But whatever. Yeah. Uh, the, the interesting one is Virat Kohli. I, I, I mean, I, I, the chairman of selectors, Ajit Agarkar, is a friend of ours. He was around and he said, yeah, we're trying to, we're trying to find out. But Virat Kohli came to Hyderabad, had an extended center, uh, center wicket practice two days before the game. And apparently he was just so out of sorts. His mind was elsewhere. And they thought it's best. I mean, yeah. if, if he needs to be somewhere else, he needs to be somewhere else. So if he doesn't come, it's a big blow. But you play with that, don't you? Yeah, yeah. Now, now talk to us about the reverse sweep because uh, there's a clip of you talking to Kevin Peterson on commentary uh, about the shot that's doing the rounds on social media. You've suggested it should be banned. No, I said the switch it, not the reverse sweep. The switch oh, right, it. Okay. I said the switch it when you change your hands and become a left-hander. Because to me, as 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 a great Indian spinner once told me, he said my challenge to the batter is the ball I'm delivering and the field I'm setting. Correct. And now the, the batter has got to challenge me with his stroke making and his skill. So if I've set the field for a right-hander, I cannot, when I deliver the ball, suddenly discover that I'm bowling to a left-hander. <laughs> so my thinking on that was, if a bowler is allowed to come running in and bowl left-handed, I know it's very difficult, but <laughs> there will be bowlers who can do that. There's already bowlers who bowl off both hands. So if you allow that, then it's okay to change your grip. Otherwise, play the reverse sweep by all means. But my problem was with the, was with the switch hit. With the switch hit. Okay, and, that makes more sense. And, and KP, and, and, and you know how KP is. When, when KP's got a bone, he's, he goes at it for a long time. And so he went after it. And I didn't, I, I didn't mind that. Uh, I didn't mind that at all. Because he played the switch hit very well. He was proud of playing the switch hit well because it was difficult. I said to him, look, hang on. Can you imagine a bowler running it? He's in his delivery stride. And he suddenly turned this way and delivered it that way. It's, it's not easy. So that's difficult too. At the moment, they call it a no ball, by the way. I, I, I totally agree with you, Arsha. I've been saying it for years about the switch here, as you say. It's a bit like a bowler coming running in and saying he's going to be left arm, left arm around the wicket. And then as he runs in, he bowls over the wicket. You know what I mean? You can't, you can't be messing about. You're either a right-hander or a left-hander. I couldn't agree more with you, mate. Right, Michael, you can give the dissenting judgment. I'm just sorry, you're both talking nonsense. I mean, surely it's a bowling. If you're, if you're playing to a right if you're, if you're bowling to a right-hander and, and you're bowling that badly, or he decides that he wants to bat left-handed to you, surely it gives you a better chance of getting him out. Surely you must see it as a positive yeah. that you're going to get him out because he's trying to play the opposite to what he's used to playing. Perfect. But why can't the bowler bowl left-handed then? Why can't he come running in and bowl left-handed? Yeah. Well, because bowlers aren't skillful enough. <laughs> okay, I'm going to take a back seat and Tuffers, I'm going to let you respond to that. These batters always, always look down on bowlers. Yeah, you, 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 you walk out as a right-handed batsman, you take guard as a right-handed batsman, you ask the umpire for middle and leg, it's not as a left-hander, it's as a right-hander. So then all of a sudden, it switch around like that just in the bowl. I think it's outrageous. I do. I think it's outrageous. You can't be doing that. Playing devil's advocate, though, you don't declare yourself a right-hand batsman or right-hand Well, you do, because you take guard. Batsman. But as a bowler, it's, it's declared that you're bowling right arm over or right arm round. I, I love what Ben's doing on this, on this podcast. He's just taking a bit of chilli powder and putting it on the curry and, and, and sitting back. Listen, I think it's great for the game, I'm with you, Arsha. I think it's great for the game. I, I love seeing all the reverse switch hits and all that and everything. But I think at the end of the day, you go out there and you are what you are. You can't go messing about. Otherwise, you can't. can I can I just clarify, Phil Tufton, on this podcast that you think the switch hit should be banned? Well, I'm not saying. Well, hold on. Hold on. Well, next next thing we'll know. Hold on. Next thing we'll know is an octopus will go walking out there with eight bats in his hand, won't he? Like that. They'll, 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 <laughs> and he'll start smashing you all around. Phil, did you ever try and bowl left-handed? I was left-handed. <laughs> that, is, that is a reasonable point. 
did you ever try to bowl right-handed? Yes, I did, and I was horrific. Well, Jimmy Anderson and Joffre Archer can bowl good left arm spin, can't they? I've seen them do it. Why not? Did you see pictures? Yeah. Did you see those pictures of, yeah. of Jimmy bowling left arm spin? It was nice. So, so maybe when when Jimmy marks out his run up in twenty forty five, when he's opening the bowling for England in twenty forty five, he might run up and bowl left handed. <laughs> yeah, well, he's a freak. He's a freak. Yeah. Harsha, it's been it's been an absolute delight to talk to you. I feel like we could carry on chatting until the third test starts, but uh, you've probably got other stuff to do. Uh, so thank you so much for joining us. Pleasure, pleasure. Thank you very much. I'm d- delighted that Michael's back to uh, b- back to dropping children duty, which is good because he had far too big a holiday in Australia. <laughs> so Mike, as we discussed, you're back in the UK from a long old stint in Australia. You obviously, most recently, we're watching the Windies play down there. What did you make of them? Because obviously, they're coming to coming to England in the summer. Uh, their one-day cricket is rubbish, um, <laughs> but their Test cricket, you know, and that Test win in Brisbane, that 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 goes down as one of the one of the great weeks that I've ever been involved in in terms of a Test match week. Um, to see the West Indies win there for the first time in 27 years, to see Lara Carl Hooper in tears, Clive Lloyd on the phone to the players in the dressing room afterwards, Shamar Joseph going back to Guyana getting a a presidential uh, reception. <laughs> Um, Shamar Joseph is, is going to be a great story and in a few months time the West Indies will arrive for a three match tour of the UK and that victory will have given them a huge amount of belief that they can do something special here in the UK uh, if they can get Jaden Searle back as well so Azari Joseph, Kamar Roach, Shamar Joseph and Jaden Searle if that four man seam attack arrive here it won't be easy for the England batters to, to face them because they've got pace, they've got a bit of skill it's always the case with the West Indies, and they just manage to get just enough runs. Uh, it, it's just can they get enough runs? Their, their batting is decent. It's got one. They've got one or two nice, good young players coming through. Kevin Hodges, a, a good, good player that's just started out. Uh, Kurt McKenzie looks a, a decent player. Uh, Alec Athenaes looks at a young talent, but didn't do so well in Australia. But he looks like he's got a future. Uh, I think the bowling is going to be exciting, but I think uh, in terms of their batting, that's going to be their challenge in Test match cricket is uh, getting enough runs. But the West Indies winning a Test match uh, and the joy in the celebration. They celebrate wickets and, and wins better than any other team in the history of the game. Yeah, and they'll they'll be they'll believe that they can win a Test match here in the UK. Uh, I'm not too sure that they'll be able to do it against this Basball team. Phil, we've talked about it in previous podcasts. There's a place in every cricket fan's heart for the West Indies, isn't there? Absolutely. Uh, we want to see them doing well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and in Test cricket as well. You know, it's just the atmosphere that they bring, the enjoyment they bring, uh, the, the style of cricket as well. I mean, baseball really originated sort of from the Caribbean, didn't it? You know, with the likes of Viv and Greenwich and Desmond Haynes. I mean, I'm showing the age there a little bit, but, um, you know... Vivball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Vivball, yeah. <laughs> I mean, those guys used to go out and smash it all around the corner, you know, smash it all around the park as well. So, great to see them. Looking forward to it, actually. Looking forward to um, uh, the West Indies coming over just to see what they get. As you say, it always excites the palate, doesn't it? The Windies in town. That's a wrap for today. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, Phil. Uh, and big thanks to Harsha Bogle for joining us too. The three of us will be back next week with all the build-up for the third test. There's plenty of great coverage over on the Telegraph website for you in the meantime. And if you missed last week's episode with Bumble Lloyd, I would really urge you to go and give that a listen. And once again, a reminder to sign up to the Telegraph Cricket Newsletter. It keeps you up to date with the latest cricket stories, as well as featuring interviews and analysis of the international game. Sign up to receive the newsletter in your inbox every Wednesday at telegraph.co.uk forward slash cricket hyphen nerd. Until next week, goodbye.